welcome to episode nine of my Awaken Life podcast. I'm Johanna Faramond, and today I'm discussing those parts of us that will start to appear as we observe ourselves. I've been talking about self-observation in the last three episodes, so if you haven't listened to those yet, self-observation is the conscious placement of your attention away from the head and into your chest and entire body, relaxing and sensing the body, and then without judgment, observing the emotion or the thought process with a sense of curiosity. If you can observe yourself honestly, without hiding behind excuses, you'll see that there are selves within all of us that we can't control. When we observe ourselves, we begin to recognize familiar patterns of behavior, and then we start to realize that these patterns each have different aims. We like to believe that we are a unified self, but we aren't. In fact, each of these patterns carries its own beliefs, thoughts, feelings, and agendas to act out. I sometimes call them mini-egos because each has its own perspective which is its interpretation of reality based on beliefs that you may or may not be consciously aware of. Many of us believe that we are one person, free to choose and act as if we are and have always been free. But in fact, we're dealing with a bunch of conflicting mini-egos much of the time. We are addicted to these and have built them up over our lifetimes. They run autonomously. For instance, you'll see that when you begin something, you don't always finish it. You struggle. Part of you wants to do one thing. Part of you wants to do another. I make a promise to myself to complete something, and the next day I break it. The self who decided to start on a new project didn't remain in charge. A different self took over, and it only cares about its own agenda. For example, I remember that I wanted to complete this podcast episode earlier, but then there were late mornings, paintings to work on, and my other selves were experts at making up excuses that it was okay to start tomorrow, and several tomorrows later, I completed it. As the saying goes, sometimes you're the pigeon, and sometimes you're the statue. A sign that one of your mini-egos has been in charge is when you do things that you later regret and then you wonder what came over you. It could be the perfectionist that keeps you from acting out your goals or the one who sabotages things just as everything finally seemed to be going your way or the controller who isn't satisfied unless everything is done her way. Your many egos are naturally in conflict with one another, and all of this conflict feeds the left brain. Remember that the left brain isn't you. It's just a binary flesh computer, and its aim is the same as any basic computer. Store and retrieve data from memory and run its programs. It doesn't act in your best interest. It's often manipulated by the faster emotional and instinctual centers. For example, you feel angry or sad, and then the words come from the intellectual center. 
you realize you almost stepped on a large snake. And if you're me, you jump back while screaming and then the words come. The left brain and its programs run these mini egos out of habit without your being aware of what's going on. When these programs are running at the same time with different output, decisions become more difficult, leading to more thinking, more stress, more wasted time and energy. Without your attention, each mini-ego grows. It acts alone. It has no concern for other agendas or the unnecessary tension it causes you. It wants whatever it wants, mostly to be in charge. It doesn't want to be exposed by the attention. Without awareness, you are a slave to the wants of these selfish mini-egos. This isn't freedom. This is living life as a biological machine. It's equivalent to building your entire identity around this ego and believing that it's who you really are. Regarding these one-dimensional selves, you will never rid yourself of them. However, you can start becoming more aware by trying to observe yourself during the entire life cycle of the mini-ego. Watch it as it acts out its agenda and allow yourself to see the judgment about the action, the judgment being that it was wrong or that it was justified, and then the feelings that arise as a result of the judgment, whether it's guilt, shame, or even pride. When you identify with a particular mini-ego and judge it as bad, this rejection gives it power and energy and only makes it stronger and able to create more chaos. As the saying goes, what you resist persists. These patterns have been created in your past to deal with some trauma or stressful event, and what it really needs is to be accepted without judgment. Your true self, your awareness, will provide this. The simple act of observation without judgment is what brings transparency to the ego. So when you recognize a mini-ego operating, remember yourself, relax your body, intentionally move your attention away from the head and down into the body where its center of gravity is located and observe without any judgment of what you see. Not judging is the most difficult part. Later on, if you choose to, you can ask with curiosity why a particular situation made you feel an emotional reaction. If you keep asking the question, it can bring those unconscious beliefs into your awareness and allow you to see them consciously, rationally. I'll give you an example. One day, I came home from work to find that my neighbor had stacked up all of his deck furniture onto my deck without bothering to ask me beforehand. He had his deck stained and had made some excuse as to why he hadn't been able to ask me first. This made me feel quite angry towards him, and I immediately recognized that I was overreacting. There was no real harm done after all. So I asked myself, I asked this mini-ego, 
why I had such a strong emotional reaction. First, the answer I got was that he didn't respect me. Then I asked myself, why would respect be so important? What I realized was that it was all based on my core fears, which is a lack of safety and security. You see, if my neighbor didn't respect me, then maybe I couldn't depend on my neighbors if I needed help. It was a completely irrational belief. And by telling myself that, the negative emotion disappeared. And I took that as a confirmation that the false belief was gone. As Arnaud Desjardins said, you should never believe thoughts that are associated with emotions. By watching these mini-egos, you'll see that their beliefs are fear-based. But please don't take mine or anyone else's authority as true. Only through your own experience comes understanding. Anyone can take in knowledge from reading or listening. But true faith comes from your own experience and understanding. Focus on recognizing the many egos that make you react or those that leave you overburdened because you took too much on. You will never rid yourself of these one-dimensional selves. However, you can remove their authority to speak, spend your time, or take actions on your behalf that are against your aims in life. When we accept these painful truths about ourselves, and you see and accept yourself as you truly are without judgment, you will also accept and see others as they really are. You can turn every experience you have into something more for your growth and freedom. As you see yourself and others more clearly, you'll gain more insights and freedom. You'll begin to understand that being aware of destructive feelings and thoughts is not the same as acting on them. If you can see the feeling or thought, you don't have to be it. You can be truly at one with yourself, fully aware of your thoughts, feelings, and desires. You'll be aware of your worth and fully accept yourself. You'll start to become more of your true self, not simply another ego-driven life. Can you experience the illusion of the ego and see that you are the objective observer, the attention that watches the biological instrument? You can do this while in a state of self-observation. This is exactly how I first experienced my true self outside of the ego Self-observation is something I practiced without even realizing it, weeks after traumatic experience, as many of us experiencing PTSD probably do while we're still in shock. Sitting quietly, sensing how the body felt, moving my attention away from the head and placing it on my aching chest, and just observing my whole body with curiosity. It was only after my own awakening when I was seeking truth, that I discovered others had raised their levels of consciousness through self-observation. That's all I have for this series on self-observation. 
Be sure to listen to the three previous episodes on self-observation if you haven't already. I wish you all the best with your continued practice. Remember yourself and get to know someone who will always be with you, your true self. Join me next time on my Awaken Life podcast when I talk about other topics that have resonated with me. Thank <laughs> you.